3: Hello there. That is right. I am here in your ears yet again with a very special bonus episode. This is Let's Talk About Myths, Baby, and I am your host, Liv. Today's episode is a special one, and there will be more of them. I am teaming up with the podcast network Q Code to bring you a very special bonus series of episodes dedicated to their new fiction series, Cupid. You all know how much I love mythological retelling, adaptation, reinterpretation. So, when I heard there was going to be a new podcast that was not only a fictional series featuring the Olympians, but is also a rom com musical, well, I was pretty keen to team up because if there's anything I want to read, or in this case, listen to more than mythological retellings, it's rom coms. So, if you are coming to this episode as a listener of my show first, Here's the deal with this new podcast, Cupid. It is a modern love story inspired by Greek mythology. When Aphrodite's love potion goes missing on Earth, Cupid is held responsible. Zeus strips him of his immortal powers, giving him seven days to find and return the love potion. The first two episodes are available wherever you get your podcasts, with new episodes coming every Tuesday, and it stars Diego Bonetta, Naomi Ackie, and Rupert Friend. Meanwhile, if you're listening to this because you listened to the first or first two episodes of Cupid, and you learned that there was an after show where you could learn more about the mythology featured, welcome. I am here for you. I have literally endless amounts of mythological content for you to listen to, binge, what have you. And every week on Wednesdays, I will be releasing these bonus episodes where I give you the mythological facts and stories, background, featuring the characters and concepts from that week's episode of Cupid. Gods of love and war, what makes a party god a party god, and what on earth is going on up on Mount Olympus? the bonus Cupid After Show. There's a rom-com featuring Cupid, and I am here for it. I am always interested in new interpretations of the Olympian gods. They are a versatile bunch, and it's always extra intriguing when they're featured in modern takes on mythology, looking at what the Olympians would be like if they existed in the world we live in. It's what makes Lore Olympus interesting, and the same goes for Cupid. Like, it isn't much of a stretch to imagine that Aphrodite would be absolutely obsessed with her public persona, her social media, her status as a maybe Kardashian-esque influencer or really that all of the Olympians would be mostly concerned with their image, their status amongst humans. Add to that a redemption story, a romance, and musical elements? Cupid is seriously fun. But what I'm here to share today is the mythology behind it all, the stuff I know best, the gods behind these modern interpretations. And I know the biggest thing my listeners are already thinking is... Live. the show is called Cupid, but haven't you repeatedly endlessly told us that that's his Roman name? You're not wrong, my friends. But obviously, this happens a lot in retellings and mythological interpretations, particularly in pop culture. Because, as I've also told you guys, for a long time, the Latin names were the most well-known, and I mean, Cupid is just a way, way, way more well-known name than Eros. It's a household name, and it makes for a catchier title. And I actually spoke with the creator of the show, Katie cavanaugh jupe for an episode of the podcast that will air after the season ends, and she told me that in place of the name Eros, since it had to be Cupid for the show, the love interest is named Rose. Get it? Isn't that cute? As the most epic and over-the-top of nerds, I was very happy to hear how much thought went into the changing of his name to the Roman Cupid but let's talk about Cupid, or the Greek Eros. He's the god of love and sex, and the son of two volatile gods, Aphrodite and Ares. The goddess of love and the god of war make for a spicy couple. Cupid or Eros, is their most famous son, but depending on the source you're reading, they have others, the Erotes, these cherubic-like gods who embody varied forms of love and affection. The idea of Eros, though, is sometimes much bigger than just Aphrodite and Ares's son. There are versions of the origin of the gods that have two different gods named Eros. One is born of the nothingness that first exists, the chaos itself, and this is love as a kind of concept. This Eros doesn't really have a body, he's kind of like chaos, it just exists, bringing love into this new world that had been created. Meanwhile, the stories of Greek mythology needed someone more tangible to embody the sillier, the darker, the more complex bits of love. Which is why we have the more literal god, Eros, Cupid, this son of Aphrodite and Ares. The one who's out there with his bow and his love and his loathe arrows, just hooking people up all over the place. (laughs) That version of Eros, love, is more down-to-earth, more fleeting. I explain this because it's one of the things I've learned through the podcast that makes me just generally happy. The idea that there had to be these two different forms of love, the big and the small, the lifelong disembodied concept of human affection and the fleeting nature of the most general romantic relationships. That Cupid is, of course, the one featured in q Code series. A Cupid who's beholden to his mother and father, living his daily life with his bow and arrows and humans who don't much care for his work. Which is how we get a kind of disaffected Cupid. One who doesn't find any value in his work, who's sick of doing the biddings of his mother. It's very Cupid and Psyche, but with social media. The first episodes of Cupid also, of course, feature Cupid's parents quite heavily. So let's talk about Aphrodite and Ares, shall we? Aphrodite is such an interesting goddess, and certainly my historical favorite goddess. But what makes her interesting is the different ways her personality manifests, depending upon the source. Aphrodite can be loving, affectionate, she can be strong willed, and full of sexual agency in a way that no other goddess is she is beautiful and strong, she is awesome, and mostly she isn't obviously outright vain. In the Iliad, for example, she is devoted to her son Aeneas in a way that made me devote an entire episode to wondering about what sources on Aeneas have been lost, because I just know there had to be more to his story in the ancient Greek world. But I'm getting distracted. My point, though, Is that Aphrodite does love her children, and she is full of affection, maternal affection, when necessary. She is also pretty independent. There aren't a lot of Greek myths that actually feature the relationship of Eros and Aphrodite, this mother and son. Rather, Eros just kind of features in a lot of other love stories that center around other gods. Often, he's more of a catalyst than a character in Greek myth but not, as all my listeners well know, in Roman myth. Aphrodite of Cucode's Cupid is definitely more reminiscent of the Venus, Aphrodite's Roman name, of Apuleius' Metamorphoses, better known as the Golden Ass, the novel that features the story of Cupid and Psyche. My existing listeners know that story very well. It's one of the most popular series of episodes that I've ever done on the show. And that is because it is one of the most detailed stories of myth that we have from ancient Greece or Rome, because it features in an actual novel rather than the oral storytelling of most early Greek myths. It's able to have different elements and much, much more detail by being this written novel. That is the Aphrodite that I see in the podcast Cupid, one that loves her son but is more concerned with her own image, her own status as an Olympian and as a goddess worshipped on Earth for her beauty, her sexuality. Perhaps not quite as volatile as the Aphrodite of Cupid and Psyche, but certainly featuring her personality. I've linked to those episodes in this episode's description. Ares, meanwhile, is the god of war, but a very specific aspect of war and warfare. See, Athena is the goddess of warcraft, the elements of war requiring thoughts, planning, organization. She's the goddess of that craft element, whereas Ares is the god of the war itself, the blood and the gore, the battle, the fighting, the violence, the killing. And that influences his personality in myth. I haven't told a lot of stories of Ares in the past, he's high on my list, but when it comes to him as a god, he tends to feature either alongside Aphrodite, usually when they're caught in compromising positions, or he's there because he's joining warriors on the battlefield, in the thick of it. Just these references to Ares because he symbolizes that horror of war. He isn't a thoughtful god, he is a reactive god. A god featuring the more toxic elements of masculinity. You know the ones. He isn't Zeus, but he's still pretty messy. Thus, we get Cupid, Eros, a mixture of the two of his parents, in a very literal way, at least in the stories of Greek myth. Cupid Eros is there somewhere in between. He is a troublemaker, using both his love and his loathe arrows to mess with people he decides need to be messed with. He is messy. Not in his father's horrifying battle-and-blood-filled way, but it, with his mother's tools he can cause quite a bit of trouble. Love is a powerful drug, and this Eros love is this perfect mixture of the beauty and grace love of Aphrodite, and the war and bloodlust of Ares. And all of those elements feature into Q-Code's Cupid, let alone Aphrodite and Ares in the podcast. So, who or what else features in these first episodes and maybe could use a bit of mythological background? Well, Demeter and Dionysus, two more Olympians and two more favorites of mine. Demeter is a mother first. She's most famous for her love for her daughter, Persephone, and her search across the whole of the world when that daughter is abducted by Hades, the god of the underworld. Demeter, though, is also the Olympian answer to Mother Earth. She isn't Mother Earth herself, that's Gaia, but she is the Earth Mother, the granddaughter of Gaia, who takes on aspects of that role. She is the goddess of the harvest, of grain, she is the giver of life. Though she only features briefly in these first two episodes of the Cupid podcast, She is going to become important, and that she is a mother and a mother figure feature prominently. Meanwhile, Dionysus. He's a bit of a departure from Demeter, though not devoid of natural elements. Dionysus is the god of wine, of partying, of making wine and drinking wine, and what can happen if you drink a lot of wine? (laughs) He is the party god, the drunken god. He is also generally awesome, (laughs) but he has a temper. His most famous myth includes, well, his cousin being ripped to shreds for not believing that Dionysus is indeed a god. (laughs) There's so much more to the back eye, the Greek tragedy that best tells that story. But again, it's long, so go ahead and click the link in this episode's description to listen to those entire episodes and learn more about the party god. I will add, though, the Dionysus that I see when I read the myths, and Bacchae, is different from the Dionysus of Q-Code's Cupid, in a way that I think it's important to mention. Obviously, everyone has their own interpretations, none of them are wrong, that is the nature of Greek mythology, but... Dionysus can be read as a gender-fluid god, even a non-binary god. That much is very clear from the ancient sources, and it's one of my favorite aspects of Dionysus. And I've got episodes on that, too. Namely, a conversation with the incredible Emma Polly, who has done a non-binary translation of that play I mentioned, Bacchae, and spoke to me about it. And I highly recommend you listen to that episode if you want to know more about this take on Dionysus, and understand the nature of the god in Greek myth broadly. And hey, what do you know, it's in the playlist linked in this episode's description. Now, since QCO dropped the first two episodes of Cupid yesterday, I had planned on talking about mythological characters and concepts featured in both of those episodes, but because so many Olympians are introduced in the second episode, I'm going to save a few of them for next week's bonus. Next week, we'll talk about the other Olympians featured in that very epic assembly scene, as well as the absolutely wonderfully represented... Furies, some of my all time absolute favorite mythological creatures. Plus, we'll talk about Zeus and why it's absolutely perfect and wonderful that Cupid has him depicted as a guy who will say a thing like, Cut to the chase, Ares, I have an orgy to attend. But today, I'll leave you with my favorite phrase that the people behind Cupid have given us in this series Gorgon's glare. Cupid says that when he's startled, annoyed, mad, basically anytime he needs to exclaim something, and I'm a bit obsessed with it. Now, listeners of my show will already be laughing and nodding along like Liv, obviously you're obsessed with a phrase like Gorgon's glare, duh. And they're right, because this is, of course, a reference to my favorite woman, my beloved Medusa, and her two sisters. Together, they make up the three Gorgons. Women, monsters, badasses known for their glare. A single look will turn you to stone. At least, that's the common idea behind her. There is so, 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 so so much more to Medusa than just her stony glare. She is a fascination. She is misunderstood. She is a victim, a survivor. She is everything good and interesting about Greek mythology. Gorgon's glare, I love Medusa so much. So, find episodes about her, yes, you guessed it, in the playlist linked in this episode's description. And with that perfect Gorgon's Glare ending, we'll leave off until next week's bonus episode where we talk more about the gods and concepts and fun phrases that are introduced in Q Code's Cupid. Thank you all so much for listening. I'm really excited to be bringing you these bonus episodes. I'm hoping I'm now addressing a few new listeners who found my show through Q Codes Cupid. And if so, welcome. Hi. Normally, I tell full and incredibly detailed stories from Greek mythology. Or on Friday episodes, I chat with fascinating and fun scholars and authors about the nitty gritty of the ancient Mediterranean. That's all to say, I have almost 400 episodes for you to hunt through, find your favourite characters from Cupid maybe, or just names you've heard before, gods and goddesses you want to know more about. A good place to start is that playlist I keep mentioning. It has episodes from throughout the life of this podcast and gives you an idea of what I do. And it will be updated as more of those episodes drop, and I have more episodes to recommend to you for further understanding of these incredible mythological characters and ideas. Greek mythology is so damn fun, and I love knowing that people are discovering it through my show or now through Q-Codes Cupid. Let's Talk About Myths, Baby is written and produced by me, Liv Albert. Michaela Smith is the Hermes to my Olympians and handles so many podcast-related things, from running the YouTube to creating promotional images and videos to editing and research. Stephanie Foley works to transcribe the podcast for YouTube captions and accessibility. And huge thank you to Code for collaborating with me on these Cupid Aftershow episodes. I am Liv, and I love this shit. <laughs>
2: At Retirement Income You Can't Outlive is the ultimate flex. Who's with us? Start saving now at GameBridge.io. Please visit GameBridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, for product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.